0: Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you, Corey. It's two thousand seventeen. I'm at the height of my career in forensics that's approaching two decades of service. And I'm on a flight from New York to San Diego after a week of forensic meetings. And on that flight, I decide I'm gonna quit my job and give my two weeks notice. Here's the catch. I had no idea what I was gonna do and I had nothing backed up or lined up to, to do. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Henry David Thoreau wrote those words in 1854, yet they are as true today as when he wrote them. One of my favorite quotes is from Brene Brown, which says, Midlife, when the universe grabs your shoulders and tells you, I'm not effing around, Mm -hmm. use the gifts you were given. Mm -hmm. Yep, you haven't been listening, so I'm going to have to shake things up a little bit, make things a little uncomfortable for you so that you'll take reflection and take action. Now, when people hear midlife, one thing that comes to mind is a midlife crisis, a term that's generally characterized when somebody does something out of the ordinary, drawing attention to those around them. For example, unexpectedly buying that sports car, getting a tattoo, going skydiving, um, traveling to some exotic place, being impulsive in some way. But what is a midlife crisis and how is it defined? When I looked it up online, there are a variety of answers that I got. One article said it's between the ages of 35 and 50. Another said between the ages of 40 and 60, that it's a maturing process, a time of transition and growth, a shift in identity, and a time of reflection when people confront their own mortality. Keanu said, here comes 40. I'm feeling my age, and I've ordered the Ferrari. I'm going to get the whole midlife crisis package. Mm -hmm. And usually with those impulse decisions comes judgment and criticism from others, because that term has been stigmatized. So how can we shift the paradigm of a midlife crisis as being a bad thing, wrapped in judgment and criticism, maybe perhaps one of the best things that's ever happened to you, wrapped in love and support? Is it a crisis? Or is it your awakening? Let me share a little about what transpired in my midlife. I grew up in sunny San Diego. My father was in the Navy, and my mom was a stay-at-home mother, and I had two sisters. And when I was growing up, I was always drawn to the medical field. But what I really wanted to do was be a musician. But I didn't think my family and other people would support that because, well, being an artist, I was conditioned like many to get a real job with benefits and a retirement. So after high school, I became a paramedic and being a paramedic was fascinating and I followed that that path for about six years. It taught me so much about people and opened my eyes to many things. I delivered five babies and I saw some crazy stuff. Those stories you hear that we see, yes, they're true. That's a whole other talk. (laughs) um but what it really taught me is that life can change in an instant as contract negotiations were approaching many of us weren't going to get picked up and lose our jobs so a lot of us went back to school i took a course in forensics and got hooked and that began my 20-year career in the fascinating world of forensics and during my forensic career I worked crime scene investigations. I analyzed thousands of latent prints from crime scenes, from evidence. I worked some really horrific cases and testified in court. And I also conducted research, which was super fun and taught my findings at forensic conferences and law enforcement agencies all over the United States. The highlight of my career was being nominated onto a prestigious forensic board for my discipline. So let's go back to that flight I mentioned in 2017. I'm flying from New York to San Diego after an exhausting week of forensic meetings. And I'm sitting in my you know roomy, comfortable plane seat. And during that time, I had a feeling overcome my entire body. You see, my intuition had been nudging me for years that there was more for me to do in this lifetime, but I wasn't listening. Until it got louder and louder, and I could no longer Um, I had no option but to listen because it was screaming inside of me, telling me, Rochelle, it's time. So I ordered a cocktail, made a toast, and without hesitation decided to quit my job. So many people usually say, how did you do that? How can you just quit your job? Because if you quit your job without having anything lined up, you might be deemed crazy, stupid, and irresponsible. Well, I mentioned that thing that was speaking to me, to my soul, my intuition. So let me explain a little. In 2008, I had a huge medical scare and was diagnosed with a rare brain tumor. And during that time, I would have done anything to get rid of that thing that was growing in my head because I was really scared. I had a newborn, an 18-month-old, and was married. And so during that time, I turned to things I would never done before. Affirmations, visualization, holistic diet, meditation. I remember a mentor once told me the gift is in the shit. And that diagnosis, that gift was the beginning of my personal development journey. And that was when I realized the power of meditation. When you start to nurture and strengthen that inner muscle, that inner voice, everything changes. How many times have you said, I should have listened to my gut? How many times have we been in situations or challenges where we didn't listen to our gut, yet we knew our gut was right and knew it after the fact? (laughs) So when you start to meditate daily, you start to strengthen that intuition and that inner muscle and voice and learn to not doubt it. So after years of meditating from... Diagnosis to that life-changing flight, I didn't doubt when it told me I had a new chapter. So after I made this decision, I was a little nervous to tell people because of fear, out of fear of judgment and criticism. So I thought, I'll tell my family. My family knows me well. I won't shock them so much. I'm a middle child in Aries. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> I'm half Peruvian, half Norwegian. So I thought, they'll be my icebreaker. So I told my family what I was doing and they were supportive and wasn't quite totally sure what they thought based on the look on their faces. But I remember my older sister Juanita telling me, I think it's great. Go find your passion. So I went back to work that following Monday, walked into my supervisor's office and said, I'm done. She was shocked as were others. And soon the word spread like a curious wildfire throughout the crime lab. And when other people started to find out Then came all the questions. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Mm -hmm. Why would you quit your job at the height of your career? You're going to lose out on retirement. I hope your new job has good medical benefits and retirement, and on and on and on. And I didn't have a plan B. So when people asked what I was doing, I would say something, even though I didn't have anything. But I lied to shut the questions down. I still had bills. I still had to support me and my two children as a now single mom. I still had all the responsibilities I did when I had my job. And it was the first time I had trusted the unseen and unknown. It was a terrifying and exhilarating time, all in one. But then more questions came. After a few weeks, they're like, oh, she's packing her stuff up. She's actually going to do this. And then came the, Rochelle. Maybe you're having a midlife crisis. This is what happens to people your age. Go back to your job. And it was during those weeks of all the projection and the noise coming at me and the questions, which was a a huge growth point for me. And I remember I realized the power of allowing others to have their own experience. No reaction. Let them say what they want while I quietly smiled on the inside because you can better believe that I smiled big and loud when I walked out that door on my last day. I packed up my cases, got all my, I closed out my cases, got all my belongings, and never looked back. So I'd always been in a work, like, you know, atmosphere, Monday through Friday, for decades. So I needed some consistency. So I decided I was gonna join, join um, WeWork, a co-working space in downtown San Diego, to surround myself with like-minded people, some structure, and a work-like atmosphere. I knew one person there. His name was Cam Adair, the founder of Game Quitters, the world's largest support group for video game addiction. And I didn't realize it till I joined WeWork that the universe and God had been creating all these synchronicities for me to help me through this next chapter. You see, Cam and I had met at a personal development event about a year or so before I quit. And I remember I was in this big room with all these people, I didn't know anybody. And I sat down and this young man comes and sits next to me. And I remember, I need to know him, intuition. I need to get his contact information and keep in touch with them, your intuition, your gut. When it speaks, you don't doubt it, you just do it. And so he and I chatted a little, we exchanged information. And the year I quit, I saw on Facebook that he was at WeWork, which was right down the street from the police department. So I messaged him and asked if he wanted to chat, if he could chat, and he said yes. And so I went to go meet him, and that was the first time I'd really shared with anybody these thoughts I'd been having of what things would look like outside of forensics. And he was great. We had a great conversation. He made me think about a lot of things. And I remember him telling, you quit your job, I'll be here waiting. And he was. So I would meet Cam weekly, and I would share with him my fears and my excitements. And he would laugh, and we would talk about it. And that was a time when my soul truly began to dream again. He was a huge sort support for me, and I will forever be grateful to him for that. And at WeWork, I would meet and hire my first coach. I would meet someone who would layer Later, hire me to work for their company. But the biggest thing is that I was surrounded by inspiring humans who were on pursuit of setting their souls on fire by creating purpose driven businesses. And it inspired the fuck out of me. I didn't care that I was 46 hanging out with 20 year olds, they made me feel like 20 again. It was awesome. And They brought me back to that 20 something year old girl who had lost herself along the way. So that began my entrepreneurial journey. And I remember when I was feeling pressure around my decision and midlife crisis and all these things. And somebody said, you're having your awakening. It's your awakening. Indeed it was, it wasn't a midlife crisis. It was my midlife awakening. Brene Brown also wrote that midlife is an unraveling It's a time when you feel a desperate pull to live the life you want and not the one you're supposed to live. So I know I mentioned a lot of naysayers, but there was a lot of support as well. People supported me. And one thing that really, really stood out to me was when people would quietly reach out with one sentence. I wish I could do what you did. Mm -hmm. I wish I could quit my job. I wish I could... Pursue my dreams. I wish I could find my why. I wish, I wish, I wish. As Gary Vaynerchuk says, I wish is a dangerous way to start a sentence. So what are you wishing for? What's been nudging at you to make that drastic change to revive that one life of yours? I'm going to go back to that quote I mentioned earlier by Henry David Thoreau the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What will it take to throw off the chains and not leave a life of quiet desperation? And my decision that changed the trajectory of my career in life had divine timing. I didn't realize it, God, the universe, they all had it planned out, because they knew it was coming. The year after I quit my job, my beautiful sister Juanita, who would tell me to go find my passion, passed away at the young age of 48 from colon cancer and if that wasn't enough my father would pass away four months after her i'm so incredibly grateful i listened thank you thank you thank you because had i not i wouldn't have had all that time to spend with them before they both passed away at my old job and i had a job now i could work remotely Had I not, I wouldn't have created a purpose-driven business to help others create conscious movements through storytelling and ideas on the TEDx stage or through music. Yep, I got back to music. Meditate. It's your superpower. It's so powerful, and it will change your life. It's our direct connection to God. It's our internal GPS and compass navigating us through this thing called life. And your second half of living could be magical. And you're one decision away from letting that magic begin. And if you're midlife, all those impulse things that are happening to you, they're trying to tell you something. Listen, they're a huge gift. It might just be your awakening. And now than ever, people are living longer than ever. So all you midlifers have 30, 40, maybe 50 years left in you. Don't ever think it's too late to go after your dreams or start something new. And as Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Thank you.